All right, welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm your hostess, Darcy Chambers. Kyle. And we are back for round three <laughs> of the Mayo Clinic. Hopefully we'll wrap it up this time. Um, this little section is going to get into some numbers, so it's oh, my favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get there... Um, In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. It talked about the male leaders went on standardizing one process of after another. Well, let's catch up with where we were because okay. people like don't always listen to every single one every week. Well, they should. Well, they should, but they don't. <laughs> they don't. You know. So we're talking about the Mayo Clinic who have been innovators from the get-go using physicians as their executives. From and the 1880s, leaders. right? 1880s. 1880s. Um, I think it was in the 1980s that they um, experienced rapid expansion and like going from one or two facilities to 50 in a school and all sorts of craziness. Yes. And um, they tried Six Sigma and, <laughs> you know, it did some things, but the cost benefit wasn't really there. So okay. they so they've decided <laughs> that a combination of theories is what's really going to work best. They appointed a chief quality officer, partnered him with an engineer. They've developed these cross-functional teams. They've partnered them with engineers to learn how to uh, process flows, identify process flows, eliminate waste, and use duplication and measurement controls. Yes. So basically the first episode and a half was leading up to them starting to implement. A lot of time in planning before you actually start to put it together. Right. Because you will drive your people crazy. And I know this from experience. I have done it before. And it's terrible to fix. They, this is my Kyle stop talking. (laughs) Um, So Kyle kept talking about goals. They have a goal. So they're standardizing one process of another. And it says they're keeping two things in mind. Standardization would prevent harm, eliminate waste, or both. Awesome. So if we're going to standardize it, has to do one of those two things or both. Again, this is just, oh, I love this because I see so many times continuous improvement. I started to see something on one of the earlier episodes is continuous improvement for the sake of continuous improvement. We can make it better. What exactly are you making better? Yes. Why, Why are we doing this? Why? What did we gain from it? Okay. And the second idea that they kept in mind in standardization is widely adopted standardization would move Mayo Clinic toward perfect outcomes, results that reflected the current best practice or the theoretical limit. I love it again. So that's what they're keeping in mind. So this is the numbers and kind of shocking, actually. Um, Standardizing hand hygiene. Something everyone knows about today. (laughs) (laughs) Wash your hands for 20 seconds. so they had some summary observations, like their own observations and outside reports. They were shocked to discover that they were only 50 to 67% compliant with the standard practice of proceeding every patient contact with hand washing or germicide. 
So I'm taking this, that means not that they even washed their hands well enough. Like it sounds like half the time they, they didn't. didn't even do it. Right. Now, if you listened, which if you haven't, shame on you, go listen to the earlier two episodes on this. Um, but staph infections were something that considered an inherent yes, risk. I love and that. And the term. Institute of Medicine has now said not no. anymore. We can prevent this. Seems very preventable in hindsight. So what did they do? They employee awareness, patient education. They installed additional sanitizer dispensers, put up reminder signs. Um, it says the presence of monitors, which I guess is like people watching them or somebody's Maybe, watching yeah. them. That's what I'm assuming. Um, and other means. So then the compliance climbed to more than 95% and stayed there. Okay. Then it says the monitoring was reduced to sampling and the change is now well ingrained. Yeah. So some of these changes that come to your organization you may not like won't necessarily stay there once everybody right. gets really good at what they're well, doing. And I love the fact here that it was, you know, the monitoring, like they may have literally had someone that just walked around and watched, or you watch your hands. Mm -hmm. and, but then they reduced it to sampling. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what happens anytime we do an audit anyways, is an audit is just a sample. We don't get to audit everything you mm -hmm. do. We sample it. And if we take enough samples, we have faith that everywhere else is working. Mm -hmm. And that sampling does something fun in the organization is if I don't know when you're going to check up on me, I'm, I'm going to keep on all the time. <laughs> like random drug testing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the next example they gave was about a drug called warfarin. Um, it's a blood thinner. It's used to help prevent heart disease, stroke, and thrombolism. It's also a poison. Fun. So, at Mayo, it says that more than 18,000 patients per year are anticoagulated with this medicine. Mm -hmm. So, you have to really administer the correct amount right. so the blood doesn't get too thin, but it's right. thin enough. You administer too much and they won't, you know, they get yucky. So, this, this case study was... <laughs> This case study was written in 2012. It says five years ago, 96% of the patients were properly coagulated in the Mayo system, which is great. Right. But that means 4% yeah. are not. Right. I mean, still great numbers, but when it's your loved one that's in that 4% right. that's possibly dying, that's not. Right. And and Mayo said that, that didn't they didn't really like it, but the um, the defect rate was considered normal. Okay. It was okay. But Mayo noticed that one of their hospitals, the Luther Middle Fort Hospital in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, had a defect rate of only 1%. Fascinating. So as they wrote it, their defect rate was 75% lower than the Mayo average. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're only talking about a 1% to 4% right. defect rate, but when it's 75% mm -hmm. greater, like, so that's great. So here goes the engineering group. Mm -hmm. They said, let's study this. So first they studied the patients mm -hmm. and compared this hospital's patients to mm -hmm. all the other hospitals. And they said, no, not really yeah. any huge difference between the patients. So then they documented their process and standardized it system-wide using that hospital's protocol. Um, and they did a computerized blood analysis, an algorithm for correct dosage, and um, so 
I'm trying to see if I really need to read all this. Uh, it says the new improved outcomes reduce complications in the patient's length of stay, lessen legal liability, mm-hmm. and improve staff morale and Mayo's reputation. Makes sense. I, I, I think well, it's amazing. And that they started with looking at the patients. Hey, there's a difference in the patients we get. You know, because something simple. Say that the population for this other clinic was a lot older than the population that came to mm-hmm. this clinic. That's a significant difference. Yeah. So, okay, we can't standardize this protocol. Right. But nothing was different. Um, so, now they're talking about the challenge of scaling up. Um, it says an important component of improvement would be to establish a community of individuals who were adept at implementing quality practices across the institution and sharing learning with other medical facilities across the nation. Oh, yeah. This led to the development of the Quality Academy and the Medical Information Reporting System. All right. Now, this is interesting. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, I don't typically share what we're going to talk about with Kyle. I might just say the topic. Oh, we've got a case study on Mayo. But he happened to be around when I was reading this. I was sitting outside in our backyard trying to escape the kids (laughs) so I could focus. And then he came. And so, (laughs) I was... I was reading it, so since he was there, I was like, oh, man, this is cool. So he's heard all this. Um, So they were developing a quality academy to train new people or Mm -hmm. maybe retrain people. Mm -hmm. And again, before they developed it, they considered what they wanted it to be. Yeah. So Kyle has talked about this a number of times through these episodes. Don't just do it to do it. Let's have a goal in mind. So they wanted to consider the role of the academy the purpose served by the academy, and the delivery of knowledge. It's not improvement for the sake of improvement. Start with an end in mind. What will this do? Right. So it's pretty cool. So now they have graduates of the Quality Academy, and they're called Mayo Fellows, Mm -hmm. and the program is now the Mayo Fellows Program. Every employee of Mayo is encouraged to participate. Mm -hmm. It's not a doctors only or this much experience. Every member and... um, one of the CEOs used to kick off his organizational meetings by asking, who here is a Mayo Fellow? I love it. You, you gently add that prestige. That's the what idea. they said. It comes with prestige. They all each, so it has different levels of achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of matched to the belts of Six Sigma because mm-hmm. they used all the different yeah. theories. Um, and you get a pin. <clears throat> yeah. And so... You get a bronze pin, which equates to a yellow belt. A silver mm-hmm. pin equates to a green belt. Mm-hmm. A gold pin equates to a black belt. And a diamond pin is a master black belt. Yeah. Oh, man, I need that diamond one. <laughs> so, Lots of math. Lots and lots and lots of math. I like math. I like numbers. You like calculus? Not really. Okay. I didn't do... I got a C, I think, in calculus. <laughs> in high school, AP calculus. I think that's okay. I, I, I drew the line once they started mixing calculus with chemistry. I was out. I was <laughs> okay. Done. So there's internal prestige. Obviously, these participants make valuable contributions. Mm-hmm. And they proudly display the pins yeah. they've earned. So um, it helps to build a culture around excellence. I mean, culture is just so overly critical i think i talk about this on darn near every one of these but Mm -hmm. you have to find ways to build your company culture and it won't happen in six months well i appreciate that they make it available to everyone Mm -hmm. yeah you know so many times there's certain members that are left out Mm -hmm. 
that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we said, everybody contributes from the janitor on up. Yeah. Well, I mean, something simple that I tried to Cafeteria do. Cafeteria workers. I, I agree. Is And in hindsight, I wish we could have even done it different, but my whole company was safety manager. I wanted to uh, at least get all of the supervisors their OSHA 10 certification. Mm-hmm. It's just a 10-hour certification, but it's something, you know. They can walk around saying that they have some level of proficiency and expertise in this field. And if you've got a little tiny chip on your shoulder, um, you know, it can help rub off to other people. You know, if, if you feel expertise in this, you feel confidence in it, mm-hmm. maybe that chip on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah that sounds like yeah. a negative. Yeah, but if you've got some confidence in the area, you're more likely to help enforce that with others, to teach them, to engage them. Right, I agree. So it says, since the program's inception in 2008, keeping in mind this article was written in 2012, mm-hmm. so four years, 22,000 employees have earned pens as Mayo Fellows. Fascinating. And he says that represents a remarkable penetration of applied quality knowledge. Because remember, it's not necessarily medical knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's a quality academy. Right. Right. So they're, they're getting it out there. Um, <clears throat> so back to measurement and reporting, they believe that transformation was not possible without transparent reporting to their stakeholders. Yes. Um, so they wanted to ensure that all their stakeholders were continually informed and they put in practices to do that. Yep. Um, so sustained transformation requires an ongoing understanding that the collection of data for better patient outcomes is clearly mandated. Okay. And again, you got to know what kind of data. Mm-hmm. If there are improved patient outcomes, such as fewer complications, fewer readmissions, and fewer deaths from process improvement, the cost of data collection is no longer an expense. It becomes a business strategy. I like it. I but figured you would like that. It takes time to get there, and I can't emphasize that enough. Mm-hmm. Is It doesn't matter how smart your people are. It doesn't matter how hard you work, how awesome of a consultant you hire it takes time to put this stuff into place yes and and mayo clinic took their time yes and they've done it the right way it seems like so this next little session is the information systems which i guess is how we're gonna Mm -hmm. store it all Yeah. yeah Um, and it says one Mayo physician said each Mayo employee has two jobs, one in providing care or service and the other in assisting in quality improvement. So they needed a tool to collect financial and clinical data Mm -hmm. and it became an information bank that is indexed as a decision support system. So everything Mayo knows Mm -hmm. is now stored in this system. The, oh my gosh, the time and resources that had to have been dedicated to that. Because again, you can't, it doesn't, again, it does not matter how good of a database manager you get in an application developer you mm-hmm. get, they can't do it. You can't just give them a sheet of requirements, tell them to complete it. That could be its own three part episode of how they well, built that system. Well, and it talked about they wanted to measure and publish publish key benchmarks. Mm-hmm. So they knew mm-hmm. what information they were they were Huge. storing yeah. and they published those widely in print and through the internet to all personnel um, for their knowledge infrastructure. It says they wanted to identify strategic gaps. And if there was another respo- respected hospital that was gaining an advantage, they studied that hospital. I love it. <laughs> to figure out what was, what was they were doing better. Um, 
so I guess that's really most of what they had to say. There's a couple of things. There's one thing in here that you hadn't talked about yet that I'm missing, like the, the okay. cost savings on the health care. How much of the health care? That oh, that's turned... at the very end. I'm going <laughs> to get, gonna get there. <laughs> um, so James Dilling, who I believe was the engineer that was yes. um, paired with the, paired with the quality, quality officer, mm-hmm. who was actually a physician, right. said, we started to ask, are we as good as we could be? Mm-hmm. And then this is the last little bit that I have that Kyle is dying for me <laughs> to get to. Citing studies by Dartmouth Institute for Health Policy and Clinical Practice, Mm -hmm. Swenson, who was the chief quality officer, Mm -hmm. says that Mayo delivers health care that consumes 32% fewer resources than the U.S. average. And what's the U.S. average? Um, It's not in here, but we looked it up the other day. I can't remember. What was it? Three... It was over, yeah, $3 trillion a year spent on health care. Mm-hmm. So imagine a third of that. If Imagine if you could pump, let's just go with that for I'm going to Google yeah, it while Kyle's talking. So imagine, I mean, the U.S. government, the federal government, forget what the states have also done. The federal government alone just dumped $2 trillion into the economy to get us boosted after, you know, a third of us got laid off, right? Mm-hmm. Well, imagine if every single freaking year we're dumping a trillion dollars back into the economy that's not wasted. Mm-hmm. If Americans had an extra trillion dollars a year to spend on our daily lives and, and to make life better, my gosh, we don't need the, this ridiculous spending. Or if costed a third less, how yeah. many more people could afford it? Yes. And not worry about... Sh- should I take my child to the doctor yeah. or not? Is yeah. this so serious? Can I really afford this copay uh-huh. or this deductible uh-huh. or whatever it I may mean, be? It is. It's three and a half trillion okay. in 2017. I mean, and that's 2017, so it's even higher today. I mean, my gosh, folks, we're pumping one to one and a half trillion dollars back into the system, mm-hmm. making healthcare more affordable. And you're going to increase the quality as you get these cost decreases. Mm-hmm. So we're getting. Oh, it just makes me sick. This is why I love quality, though. Right. Because there are so many ways you can make the world better. Well, and I've said a number of times I like the numbers because everybody, not everybody, but most people want the ROI. <clears throat> Usually, when we go into a company, it's because, as we've stated, we need to get the certification. We're going to lose customers. Right. We have to get it. I wish so much that there were more companies or organizations mm-hmm. like Mayo Clinic that mm-hmm. says we... Are we as good as we could be? Yep. Um, and oftentimes we're asked, well, what's the ROI? Is this yep. really worth it? Well, here's this organization that it's their ROI was 32%. Yeah. And not only, I mean, again, if this got expanded to the rest of the nation, the good that it could do for people outside mm-hmm. their health care, not to mention just their health care, mm-hmm. but outside the health care, this would be a benefit to the entire nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would be doing on an annual basis what the federal government can't even afford to do once a decade. Right. It's just Um, mind-blowing. Before we wrap up, I do want to, I think I noted that this was a case study from ASQ. The authors of the case study are Mary Beth Buckman and James Buckman, since I used a lot of their words. (laughs) I wanted to make sure to give credit. Yeah, it'll be linked, and then you can also see that 
culture construct yep. that they I'll talked about. Up there. All right, we're done with the Mayo Clinic. We'll move on to another one. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. So when you listen to our podcast, however you listen to them, make sure you click subscribe so you'll be alerted when there's a new one out. If you need more information, you can go to qmcast.com and find lots of information about us there.